And when you understand, we're not the only dimension that's existing here. So when people talk about this, they love talking about sort of the macabre end of mysticism and spirituality, whether you want to call them dimensional beings, whether you call them Anunnaki, whether you call them the fallen, they're all the same concept. It's something from outer world coming in to save us, to help humanity, to do all these things, to enter and, you know, we're doing it wrong, so they're here to give us advice and to put us in the right track. Many millennia ago, at the peak of Mount Hermon in the Golan Heights, a group of divine beings known as the Watchers, or Sons of God, descended in an act of rebellion against their king, Yahweh. By teaching them the secret knowledge of the cosmos, they sought to wrestle dominion of the earth away from humanity. They bore children with them, and their offspring were both human and divine. These giants are the demigods of old, and the events that transpired would forever alter the course of human history. At Camp Hermon, we discuss the oddities of the ancient world and their lingering impact on our world today. Welcome. So welcome to Camp Hermon. Chris and Tori here. And we have got returning for, I think, the third, maybe fourth time. Third time he's given me the, the number three is uh, former occultist Jesse Dowdrick. Jesse, what's up, dude? Man, it's great to be here. I'm excited for tonight. I think, uh, you know, as we're coming into this period of time and everything that's happening is going on all around us, it's weird to see that nobody's surprised by all the things happening. I feel like people are finally starting to come into a new consciousness or sort of like a new world for them. If you would have told me this stuff 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. But now it just comes out like it's no big deal. So I'm excited to talk about this subject tonight. I'm excited to be here. And it's always an honor and a privilege to be with you guys. Yeah, man, we we enjoy having you. Yeah, the privilege is ours. So before we jump into this conversation, um, we just kind of want to talk about our good friends over at uh, Kevlar Joe, uh, Nick and Crystal Fisher. They have been kind of on board with helping to support Camp Ramon from the very beginning. You know, we talked to Tori, we talked about um, doing a coffee blend and, you know, Nick came up with the name, the the Bigfoot blend. And now he's got the dog, dog man's delight. And then he's working on, I know two other blends that kind of go into this uh, divine council worldview Camp Ramon space that'll be coming out very soon so we definitely appreciate uh, kevlar joe and uh, if you guys want to support them they're a, a veteran-owned small business and you can go to kevlarjoe.com and use the promo code camperman 10 it'll give you 10 percent off i would also like to recognize nick as um our unofficial i think he's like our top meme submission guru i don't know <laughs> i think that nick sends us and posts the most memes like on our members page and they're good so yeah one hundred. i just wanted to recognize that if you guys know me you know that i love a good meme i love to make memes it's like my love language and just kind of my language in general so nick gets it and i appreciate that about him in addition to the coffee um we're gonna jump in now this conversation with jesse um but at the end of the show 
Tori and I are going to just kind of chat about what's been going on in our lives. Just kind of give you an update about kind of where we're at, what we're doing, jobs, romantic situations. That'll be at the end. So if you want to, if you want to listen to that, <laughs> stick around. Okay, Jesse, I have used this analogy before, but you know, we're Camp Herman, right? Our theme, little uh, 90s summer camp action going. Uh, we're on the bus, we're heading to camp, and uh, I want you to jump in the driver's seat, my friend, and uh, kind of take us where you want to take us. We've got a lot we can cover, so I'm going to let you start where you feel like you want to start. All right, buckle up, campers, here we go. So the way I always like beginning this, and anytime I talk about aliens, I love people's reactions because you get to see something no other subject will bring out of people. You immediately get to see if there's a belief of something more or if you get to see if there's absolutely no belief of anything at all. It's actually a great way to talk about Jesus. And uh, that's something, you know, I've always been proud and happy to talk about. So coming from witchcraft and the understanding of you know, you can summon beings and you can set up doorways and gateways and ultimately all a pentagram or a hexagram or any of those grams are, are doorways. And when you understand, we're not the only dimension that's existing here. So anytime I ask people about aliens, my first question I'll ask them is, what are your thoughts? Do you think they're from different planets, different universes? Do you think they're from a different plane? And most of the time, the responses are pretty basic. And this is a great way to elaborate on something a lot of people think they know a lot about because we grew up in 90s culture. Aliens were the thing, right? We loved it. Uh, what was it? Roswell, New Mexico, right? All that stuff was a big thing. I could have been wrong on the name of that. Oh, there you go. So you got it. But <clears throat> so when people talk about this, they love talking about sort of the macabre end of, you know, mysticism and spirituality, and I love talking about all of that. So with aliens, in my own personal belief, which a lot of this falls under personal beliefs, um, and you, you don't have to believe this. This isn't something I'm trying to shove down your throat. I know it's a long intro. But my belief is that aliens are strictly and binary <laughs> demonic. They are demons. I don't believe that they're from a different universe. I don't believe that the earth has just this open system where things can come in. And there are plenty of reasons that I can support this with evidence, not just through biblically, not just through the scriptures, but through different cultures. The Native Americans line up with the culture of Alistair Crawley, or Crawley um, which is known as the wickedest man alive. You can go look all that stuff up. And, you know, their experiences were very similar with the encounters of these entities, whether you want to call them dimensional beings or you want to call them, you know, outer space, outer whatever realm sort of beings, whatever you want to consider them, whether you call them Anunnaki, whether you call them the fallen, they're all the same concept. It's something from outer world coming in to save us, to help humanity, to do all these things, to enter and, you know, we're doing it wrong. So they're here to give us advice and to put us on the right track. And you see that routinely replayed over. And what's comical to me is a lot of people that believe aliens, absolutely not all of them believe in Jesus, but they represent exactly what Jesus was. He came, he was an 
extraterrestrial. He was the son of God. It came into earth, right? The Magi followed the star to find him. There was a pathway link there. The Magi were considered, you know, high-end priests and astronomers in those days and oracles. So they found him, and he came here, and he made a way for us to get to heaven through the blood, right, through his sacrifice. He made that way. And so when I see these repeating stories coming, and you read the book of Revelations and you, you learn about the Antichrist and what he'll do at the Battle of Armageddon. And all these things line up. If I was the devil in this situation, I would say Jesus may be coming. We have got to get a, you know, sort of society belief that aliens are a thing because of the rapture, whether you believe it or not, if it happens the people left behind that are not Christians, do not believe in Christianity, do not receive Jesus, any of this stuff. They will have to have a practical explanation to get the kings and queens to Armageddon one day. I mean, they're going down to Armageddon one day, right? And they're going to meet King Jesus and Jesus will destroy them. And we read about that in Ezekiel and we read, or I'm sorry, Zechariah, and then we read about it in Revelations. So a practical reason of something's going to come out of the sky, we got to be ready, is that reason. And, you know, aliens are a great footnote. Anyone I know that, you know, talks to people who have experiences with aliens and abductions and all that phenomenon will tell you that the name of Jesus, there's, I believe, been over 400 cases where the name of Jesus will stop those encounters immediately. And somehow they always happen at night when someone's resting or sleeping or in a field in a dark place. And, you know, I don't know if you guys ever explored ley lines. Have you ever heard of that term? Yeah, That's been... know, I'd like to explore more or if you just want to give like a really quick definition. Yeah. So Vance believes where, you know, a lot of people will believe, especially like witchcraft based are there there's like invisible lines on the earth where there's stronger electromagnetic activity where paranormal things will happen in woods you know witches will find them you could look them up online you could see you know certain maps of them and they'll do rituals in those areas uh, it's just believed to be a really strong electromagnetic activity and they believe that the strongest one is jerusalem is israel and, you know, that's why there's always such a power struggle for that construct of a place, because they want that place. The son of God came down. He didn't come down in America. He came down in the Middle East. He came down in that area. You know, he was killed in that area. He rose again in that area. There is power in that area. You know, there was an old joke a while ago. It said, please don't bury my wife over there. She'll come back to life. <laughs> you know? So you get those sort of jokes and stuff coming out of there. But witches and mystics and, you know, Christians and Jews and Muslims all revere that area. So the Antichrist will seek out to snatch up Jerusalem at the end and he'll be successful but shortly after that, Jesus will come out of those clouds and destroy him. But it says it will come out of the clouds like fire in his eyes and he'll evaporate. And then the final thing that happens there after he gets rid of the Antichrist and the prophet and all of that stuff, birds will come and feast on the corpses. And that sounds really bizarre and really meek, but we're living in a time where people are talking about aliens. They have to set this up so people will not panic 
whenever, you know, your family members disappear. And if you don't know the Bible and you're an atheist and you have nothing to do with any of this stuff, aliens are the perfect explanation. And I think it's so strange that they're just coming out right now talking about this and uh, with all the stuff going on, you know. So those are sort of the basic thoughts that I have regarding the whole alien dimension breakdowns. You know, Alistair Crawley, when he would do his sex, blood magic and meditation, and he, he mixed 20 different magics and religions together, he came across this being named Lamb. Have you ever heard of Lamb? That, yeah. that, I, I believe that's yep. been talked about before on here, if I'm, if I'm not. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. So Lamb, there's a different name. I'm not going to throw his name out there. You can go do all this research. But he was believed that he, um, he, he, Alistair Crawley drew an image of him. And if you go look up that image right now, you can do it. If you go look up that image, it looks just like a gray alien. The only difference is usual grays have big black eyes. This one has very tiny eyes. He almost looks like Yoda in a way, um, which is very interesting that that's related to sort of Star Wars and that whole breakdown. But, you know, through understanding all of that, after he encountered a lamb, he would encourage all of his followers to meditate on this photo of this being take, you know, drugs psychedelics different things to sort of get into a state where lamb would show up and give them enlightenment now the crazy thing about this is this happened in america the crazy thing about this is native americans have a thunder god and if you go look up that mask he looks identical to lamb and the whole same thing was broken down with you know the thunder god was sort of the same way i actually took a few notes on this because i usually don't because i don't really know native american you know gods and their breakdowns but i know they all break down to the same beings sort of as the fallens you know and that that sort of thing so the thunder god has connections to aliens and that's what they would believe here in the studies of those tribes and um, they don't give specific names for the tribes that had it. They just said basic Native Americans. So there was encompassing tribes and different tribes that would accept and not accept that belief. So but he his mask, they have masks of this guy and he looks completely identical to what Alistair Crawley uh, sort of broke down and described in his drawings. And uh, they have the same sort of goal. Lamb's goal explained to Crawley the same as the Indians represented him back in, you know, their day, per se, the indigenous people. Yeah, what's that goal? So he aligns to the root chakras, and this is a big thing if you do yoga. Alistair Crawley was really big into this. So Lamb was, he would appear in Alistair Crawley, and in some of the side notes, he would say that humanity is going down the wrong path, that he's here to enlighten, that he's here to help, that he's here to save. It's always that message when you're dealing with extraterrestrials. Um, you know, in the underlying sense, people do have very dark encounters with them. But at the same time, people have these encounters where they're just saying, we're trying to help humanity. We're trying to further you around. And, uh, you know, whenever we set off the first nuclear warheads, there was a huge influx, all these different things of these beings. And it's weird because 
people will see you can connect to them through, you know, we or Ouija boards. I'm sorry, I have a little boy and he's always saying you Ouija. So it's stuck in my head, but we Ouija boards and uh, you can connect through them through magic practices, which Alistair Crawley did. And uh, so everything seems to be based in mysticism. And I would call, I was watching a couple accounts of people. These are like professors and different people that would go to all these events. And you know, those events where you can go hang out and talk about Bigfoot or talk about, you know, aliens and these sort of things. And they said, people would come up to them and be like, Oh, I wish we could have these experiences. I wish. And one of the big things, and this is super interesting to encounter aliens is to invite them in. And that's, there's like three steps. And one of the main ones is that want that encounter. If you want that encounter, it almost pulls it towards certain people. Now, there are people that have had them that never want it. But again, if your family lineage is based in witchcraft and different things and mysticism, that's a doorway. So secret doorways can be there that these things can reach out, contact you. All the fallen would have been aliens. I mean, we would have probably called them all aliens. If you look in Ezekiel. It's rings within rings, right? It talks about that. And everybody says, oh, my God, that's, that was an alien or a UFO. But really, this just comes back to basic belief. If you believe in aliens, you're part of the new world system, right? If you believe sort of that these are the fallen angels, you know, Camp Ramon, all these breakdowns, these are a part of the fallen. And they have abilities, they have powers, they have you know, capabilities that deal with humans in certain ways. So that's sort of the breakdown with all of that stuff. And uh, it all leads into Project Bluebeam. And, you know, Project Bluebeam is the government's plan to sort of initiate the one world order by scaring everybody in. This is just a washed down version, scaring everybody into believing in aliens. So it'll be easier for the one world order to take over. And you can go look all that up. And that's basically the watered-down version of Project Bluebeam. And uh, so, yeah, that's a lot to unload. I hope I unloaded it well. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, did you have something, Tori? Sorry. No, I'm just happy. Oh, okay, you just have. <laughs> um, she thought this was going to go a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Yeah. So. Um, sorry. No. Um. Yeah. But then in me, the middle there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, edit that out. Um. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um. Yeah, man, that was that was a lot, Jesse. Let me um let me collect myself here. Um, because I have some questions, you know, it did strike me as interesting because you were talking about what would convince the kings and queens of the world to gather at Armageddon and to make war, right, I... against against uh, God. And, yeah, it makes sense that it would be a deception. And I have heard it talked about before that when the rapture happens that the explanation would be well those were those were the bad people that were uh, taken you know, away 
that were taken away by the extra like that the explanation by these benevolent beings the aliens quote unquote um would be well they were bad because i mean take your pick like they didn't wear their masks they didn't get vaccinated they right. voted for donald trump they right. <laughs> you know they were you know conservatives uh christians um their carbon footprint was massive they were destroying the earth um kind of all of those things and so yeah they they were they were taken away they were the the bad people and everybody that left you know that was left um is good so that's one of the explanations and uh yeah no i i just i thought that was interesting that yeah it makes sense that um that there would be that deception there that would convince um the kings and queens to make war um and that i've also heard and this makes sense and, and i haven't really thought about it the way you framed it which kind of is making sense to me is that that jesus would be blamed for everything that has happened the last two thousand years um, because of you know how how christianity has has spread all over the world and you know christians will be blamed jesus will be blamed um, and that's one of the reasons why people will will be okay with openly persecuting Christians around the world, um, and that that's going to be a factor in the kind of alien deception that goes on. For sure. So yeah, so, that's fascinating. I think there's so much to unpack here. You know, just a couple things popped into my mind. I'll always say my spirit. So if I say I don't think I'm strange, you know. You know, doing ministry and stuff for many years, things drop in, you know, when they're like a God thing. If one thing that popped into my mind, it's a lot of people will say, well, how dare Jesus come back? And I thought he was all loving and all this and all this stuff. He came as a lamb originally, right? And it's strange that that demon or the alien that Crawley was dealing with was named lamb. But the understanding that Jesus came as a lamb the first time to be sacrificed the second time he will be coming back as a lion and he'll come to liberate and to justify and to bring justice and he'll obliterate again the devil and the antichrist a lot of people will say well it talks about in revelations all this death and killing people you got to understand something and this is very important to the whole alien debacle and you know the rapture and the whole tie-in the mark is talked about, right? The mark, a lot of people believe will be a microchip or, you know, a worship to the Antichrist. It'll be something that we know definitive that if you don't take, you will not be able to buy or sell without it. I believe, and I, this is proving more and more true as time goes on. When you take that mark, you, you lose your soul. You lose something because once you take it, there's no returning. So it changes your DNA. It adjusts something in you. It does something to your brain. It eliminates the opportunity for you to become a Christian or to remain a Christian. And it's in direct worship because Satan is trying to create his own kingdom here. So when you take that mark, you are a clear enemy of the living God at that point. And I don't think people come to understand this. When that battle happens, this isn't like these are wayfair Christians, you know, they're on the fence. No, this is clear. They have chosen their side. They have chosen the allegiance 
of the Antichrist in the world system, in the global system. They have marched down there to meet the enemy that will come out of the sky. And at that any rate, it would have to be portrayed as aliens because the Battle of Armageddon will be just that. And Satan is so deceptive that it wouldn't be hard to sell this. And this all links back to Babylonian belief. Again, the prophet Baal, and you're seeing men become women, and you're seeing all this confusion. That's all limitations and understandings of Babylon. And it talks about in Revelations, Babylon will be destroyed. So it goes back to the Babylonian gods, which we talked about last time on this podcast, Nimrod and you know Ezra and all of them. And you can go look up all those gods. But the understanding you are a clear enemy at that battlefield if you take that mark. And Jesus will come out of those clouds, maybe portrayed as an alien or extraterrestrial, to come sweep down and to wipe out the Antichrist, his damage and his destruction forever. So I think that's super cool. I think it's super awesome when you look at it in plain sight that we're starting to bring out aliens now. And it's, you know, dinner conversations. When I was 10 years old, we talked about this earlier. When I was 10 years old, if my parents heard a preacher say that from the pulpit, they would have lost their freaking minds, right? They would have lost their minds. Now they bring it out and everybody's like, so what are we eating for dinner tonight? Nobody cares. It's like we're all in a different consciousness than we were 10, 20 years ago. It's bizarre. So those are my thoughts on that. But the way it's lining up, I would say I got a good case built that the one world religion will be science and aliens will be a huge part of that belief and Neuralink or something along the lines will be a part of the mark. So once you take it, you take it. That's it. And they've already brought that out. I see news articles this week. If you don't take the CBS or whatever chip it is, then you can't be a part of the system. That is revelations. That's a hundred percent revelations. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like the mark is something that because you can't come back from it, A, it's voluntary. Right. It's voluntary. And B, um, you are no longer human. And um, it changes you enough to where you're not human anymore. And I think that's where the transhumanism movement mm -hmm. comes in. And I don't know if it's anything like, I don't know if it's Neuralink, but it definitely feels like it's something that they're working on as far as like transferring consciousness um, from, you know, a body into, you know, something else like technology. Um, but it feels like that. It really does. And you look at the AI end of this stuff, AI is developing so quick. They're trying, there's, I think it was Microsoft that tried to bury the one program because it was getting so out of control and they shut it down. I would have to double check that. You can double check that before you put this on or whatever the case. But I seen, I, I watched a whole segment about how AI got so aggressive towards their creators per se, that it almost took on like a demonic consciousness. And again, we're, 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 in a place where you're believing aliens, but you don't believe AI can take this on. Even psychiatrists encounter, atheist psychiatrists encounter dark demonic entities, and they have conversations with them and record about it. This stuff isn't just fake and, you know, made up. This is really happening. And there are records upon records of people encountering stuff with the AI. 
And, you know, again, I talked about the medicinal, or I should say the medicine end of this, the psychiatry, and you can go read those dark encounters where the people blank out and something enters them. There is a consciousness that's grabbing up AI right now. And I believe, you know, if you look how demons operate, they operate immediately. You know, they can talk to their whole ranks in a split second. And we've seen that through different encounters, different exorcisms. They pull voices from 100 years ago or whatever it is immediately. It's not like there's a jet lag. They have extreme knowledge. So, again, it goes back to the alien thing being super, super intelligent. Go ahead. I just kind of want to challenge that a little bit, not to say that like they don't hang out in packs or something like that. Like I totally believe that that could be a thing, but like we know that they are not omnipresent. They're not omniscient. You know what I mean? So I don't actually believe that they can do whatever you just said. I think it's a, no, I was just going to say, I think it's a hive mind situation Yeah. because, because they're, they're able to, and I can't explain this because we just don't know, but they have a a sort of telepathic mind-to-mind communication ability. I mean, it's how they're able to to speak to us, to influence us, um, some sort of mind-to-mind communication. So I think there's like a hive mind situation going there. Um, but to your point, Tori, not that they're they're you know omniscient or omnipresent or no, any of that kind of all. stuff, but that there's something going on with how their their communication network how they communicate um yeah a yeah they've been around for thousands of years observing humankind right we've talked about that before and each other i mean i guess like when you start when you spend a ton of time with somebody like a really close friend you start to almost kind of be able to like read each other's minds or something but i don't know and then like we have in the bible you know the story of legion you know and like they ask like what's your name he says like I think he says like we are legion or he says like mm-hmm. legion for we are many or something. So, I mean, like, I know they can kind of hang out in like clusters, but just to say, if anyone's listening, it's like, I don't want that to seem scary or overwhelming. And like, they still can't, you know what I mean? Like they still <laughs> they probably have more practice than us. Cause they're really, really old, but it's like, they're not God. They don't have like those kind of abilities. It's not like the Holy spirit. It's not like, you know, it's not like that. They're still limited. They oh, are yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely on a leash. That's for sure. Okay. So continue. Yeah. And, you know, anytime I talk about this, I'm not doing it to be scary. I'm not doing it to frighten people. But knowing your enemy is, I would say, 75% of the battle. I have dabbled with the dark. I've danced with it. I've seen it manifest. I've watched it right in front of my eyes. I've seen the hindrances of it. And, you know... Again, this is going more demonic, but you said they're almost like telepathic. When people encounter aliens, that's exactly how they describe them, isn't it? You just described aliens without describing them. You were talking about demons. I do not believe they're omnipresent. I do not believe they have full power. But remember, you know, they're, and I just talked about this this past Sunday. Michael didn't dare slander Satan. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And he was not doing it out of his own power. He was doing it out of the power of God. And uh, that's very important to understand because I see people rebuking in the church and all these deliverance ministries and stuff without getting deep into this stuff. But the understanding is 
you can kick open doors. Your past, your bloodline can kick open doors and that stuff can fall. And if you don't deal with it and shut those doors, it can still hinder you and, you know, battle you. These things are ancient. And this is what I always bring back to. People never talk about fortune tellers. If you look at fortune tellers that are spot on and pinpoint accurate, they're pulling information from something. They're not just, you know, making this stuff up. Something's feeding them that information. It's believed, and it talks about it in different books, uh, you know, not just the Bible, that these spirits roam, and they're forever roaming, which we know, right? So they're forever roaming, forever praying. The Bible says, you know, uh, Satan's like a lion seeking whom he may devour, those sort of things. And these things can pull information from each other. We don't know how they do it, but they can do it extremely fast. And again, they were a part of God's celestial beings. They were just the fallen of them, right? And uh, so that's what makes them evil is that they're separated from the presence of God. So they do know how to communicate. They do have the abilities of whatever was endowed to them, but they are on a leash. They are extremely limited. And I wouldn't be afraid of those things as much as I would be of angels and God's presence. And that's the true ratifying understanding that God is above all of this stuff. And I never want to make it seem otherwise. You know, the demonic is the demonic. It's very sort of reined in for what I can do to Christians, but it's still not something to be playing with. You know, again, I talk about the alien things. Those are all open doors that bring you into something else to let your guard down. So these things can move in. And, uh, you know, people that go to those places and dabble and deal with it think they're not doing anything. But I just talked to you about what's known as the wickedest man alive encountering these celestial beings, per se. And he considered them just dimensional beings. That's it. But he was huge in the sex style, witchcraft, sex and blood magic, all these different things. So you could see that they all interline. They all come together. And the thing that always blows me away is the Ouija board. How like if you're contacting UFOs and having phenomenon with a Ouija board, wouldn't that sort of tell you that this is more spiritual than it is, you know, natural or dimensional? This is something dark. Because the basis of the Ouija board, a lot of people don't know this, is they don't really know where it came from. They say it may have came from gypsies traveling. They have no idea where the origin of that board is from, but that it can contact random people. That'd be a great podcast. I have a lot of stories about people with Ouija boards. That'd be a good Halloween one. (laughs) There you uh, go. Anyways. But yeah, I mean... Through all that stuff, you know, I never have a problem with people not accepting this. And again, a lot of it's opinionated. A lot of it's from studying scripture in different books. And a lot of it's just from a relationship that I used to have with the dark. And again, I was a former occultist. I practiced witchcraft. Those things, once you touch it, it doesn't sort of leave you. You can sense it when it's there, just like you can sense the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, as you walk into a service, the music's playing and the atmosphere is beautiful. You can sense those things. The same is said about the alien push and the demonic. It's very dark. It's very intimidating. It's very fearful. And all those encounters tend to have that. You never hear some like, yeah, I was abducted and we hung out, played poker, smoked cigars, you know, and watched strippers on poles. (laughs) (laughs) You never hear that. You hear that they were very, very dark. 
and uh, you know the creatures were wicked. So Jesse, yeah, do, do you think that um, a the abductions are actually physically happening, and b um, do you think there is a Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a hybrid breeding, like a breeding program going on. Man, that so. So the hybrid breeding program I hear people talk about, and again, this is very relatable back to the fallen, right? What they do, they came down and did what? <laughs> What the, yeah. what was their big lore? The come sleep with women, wasn't it? I mean, isn't that the lore that they came down? They thought the women were gorgeous, and they're like, yeah, we got to go down there and get some. So the breeding program, if you relate this as demonic, would not surprise me. Again, if you look at that whole basis, that's not very you know natural in the sense, but if it's dimension or spirit, we don't know how this operates. We're just speculating a lot of this. This is just on people's experiences. Do I believe they're physical? Like you mean the people are actually taken out? So this is a difficult one because I've been asked this before and I've given this some thought. You know, if your spirit's pulled out of your body into a different realm, how's the, what does that look like? You know, I mean, when the rapture happens, if you believe in that end, you know, it says we'll be caught up in the air. Does that mean our physical bodies will be left here or does that mean our bodies and our spirits will be gone? We don't know. You know, this is the thing that a lot of people don't want to speculate or look into. So with the abductions, it could be more spiritual based where it just pulls your soul or spirit out of your body. And it does its operations and it feels because you're still alive. You're not dead, but your body may remain. We don't know. There's no really accounts of like, yeah, I seen them disappear. It never really goes that way. It's if the two people are there, one, they just wake up and they're like, what happened? And then, you know, the memories flood in. So it's hard to say. I mean, you could probably base that either which way. That's just straight up personal belief at that point. I hope that made sense. That was a lot sort of in that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, I have heard generally of some encounters where people have, have woken up and people, you know, aren't there and they find them, you know, outside the house or whatever. I mean, I think I've heard, uh, Timothy Alberino talk about that. I've never verified those, you know, myself and, and I don't know, I mean, that would really be anecdotal and it seems like a lot of the evidence that I've seen and heard about when it comes to people actually like physically being abducted and things happening to them physically, um, it all seems anecdotal to me. Um, yeah. Although, I mean, you know, it's not like we're going to get a, a smoking gun. Right. As far as evidence <laughs> goes with some of this stuff. Um, but like one thing that I've heard Timothy Alberino talk about, and I've asked, I think I've asked multiple guests, their opinions on this when, when we've talked about the kind of aliens, UFO abduction phenomena is he would say, cause there's two kind of, it seems like there's two opposing views. One is what you said that, that by speaking the name of Jesus, um, or even in some cases, I think like thinking it. Um, think, yeah. when that's happening, you can stop the abduction. 
Well, so there that's one camp. The other camp, and I think I've only heard Alberino talk about this, is that that where people think they're stopping the abduct, abduction, what's really happening is um they're remembering being taken. They speak the name of Jesus, and then what they're remembering is they're being put back, but that all of the experience in the middle has been kind of wiped from their mind. Yeah. And, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that could make sense. But then I'm like, well, I don't know if they had that level of ability, you know, the, the men in black kind of. No, yeah, you know, flash camera, black <laughs> flash camera. And then you, you know, you lose your memory. Um, if they had that ability, then I don't know. No one would remember anything. Um, I, I think and I think he he describes it as like oh there's maybe like a little glitch for whatever reason you, you know you've you've remembered um, but that's where we're at here we've got really kind of two two main camps like one camp that it's like okay these are just these are just demons entities it's mm-hmm. you know they're um, they're operating on like a different plane different dimension there's that. And then there's kind of where Alberino, it seems to me, would be where it's like, no, these are physical beings. They, they're flying in physical craft. They're physically taking people out of their homes. Um, they've got this hybrid program going on. And to be honest, I sit on the fence with a lot of stuff, man. And sometimes I go, I kind of go back and forth. And, and Tori knows this, like with kind of end times use, I bounce back and forth between... Yeah partial preterist and futurist like oh tribulation already happened partial preterist and or futurist like no it's still all yet to come um but the more we dig into this tori the more i'm starting to think like of the okay this is it's even it's more deception it's it's the these are not physical beings in a, in physical craft. And if there are physical craft, which I think there is evidence that they are I'm starting to think that those are humans in craft um, government, you know, government agencies, alphabet, alphabet soup agencies kind of operating that stuff, you know? So am I good? I mean, yeah, you know, jump in. one of the, one of the big things with that, so like, you know, again, we always talk about demons and the fallen being two sort of separate, but the same, right? And, uh, you know, Hermon and Demon is very close in the name. But the understanding is that maybe some of the fallen still exist as far as physical form, whether they're inner earth or whatever it may be, or, you know, maybe they're aquatic. We don't have those answers. I mean, Poseidon was the sea god. Almost everybody that was near a body of water had a water god. Thunder gods were very similar. So there's these understandings that each of our branches of lineage had these sort of basic breakdowns for these beings. And, uh, you know, so maybe the aliens and the crafts and the technology were all from that dimension that have crossed over. I've heard theories that, you know, we've whenever we figured out the nuclear bomb, that's where it really kicked into motion. And you see within those years since the 40s, how quick technology has taken off. 
nowhere else in our history has technology taken off like that. So they said that the government officials, after those bombs, after they figured out how to split those atoms and do those things, sent out a signal. And they, you know, this is speaking of extraterrestrials, meaning other beings coming to the earth instead of just, you know, the demon theory and gave us technologies, gave us understandings, gave us all these breakdowns. And they started to enlighten us because they figured we broke out of the ant stage, which was just mingling, fighting, gathering, hunting, doing the basics that we're entering into a different consciousness or dimension. And I've heard that argued that, you know, there are physical beings and I would relate those to still being the fallen. But again, you know, doing ministry for many years, doing witchcraft, I have seen things manifest right in front of me, whether it's shadows whether it's, you know, through people, I have seen things. So I cannot say that these things don't have the ability to come in just, uh, you know, spiritual smoke and then form solid. We don't know that. When you read about Crawley and what he was doing, this thing was a real being in front of him. So when you work with angels or demons, they're real beings. When in the Bible, angels would come on men, they were horrified. They were scared to death of them. They were real beings. They weren't just magically seeing that. So it's so hard to determine one way or another. It's all about what you believe and where your core beliefs are. I mean, mm. that's just something that I always, because I, I hear people talk about that all the time. You know, what about the crafts? What about all these things? Well, again, you know, Ezekiel in there, it talks about the will within the will. Why couldn't these beings not have certain things they wrote on, like a chariot? I mean, who went up in a chariot of fire? So, I, you know, these breakdowns, mm. we limit what God can do or what God's technology is. I mean, it literally says the streets are made of gold and we value gold so much here. It's nothing up there. The pearly gates, that's a common thing. Pearl's rare down here. It's not rare up there, right? And so when you start understanding that all these things here are really not that magnificent when you get into heaven or, you know, the belief of the biblical heaven, that our minds will be literally blown, which I don't mm -hmm. think that's why we can go in a physical body. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that makes sense. Interesting. And as you were talking, you made some really good points and it made me think like it's probably both. Right. In the sense of physical beings and physical craft and uh, dimensional beings, like some of them are are stuck here physically and others are, uh, you know, maybe disembodied spirits that um, that move in and out of, of dimension can can be manifested physically. Um, and some of them just live here. Could be both. Yeah. And we know there are things stuck here. We know there are angels bound under the Euphrates, which is drying up. And we know these things. Again, the biblical text hasn't really changed. It still tells the same tells it told thousands of years ago. People act like this book has changed so much and things have radically been switched in and out. That hasn't happened. We've seen that with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I know I referenced the Bible a lot. But if you look at the Roman text that we go off of, which is like 500 years after, that's where we base a lot of our history off of. What people base their history off of in school is what the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers told you to base it off of. So, you know, the victors write the history. And I think that's so important to understand 
that, you know, our biblical history and the Hebrew nature of our history has been here as long as it's said it's been here. And things haven't changed, even almost to the identical punctuations of things, which is crazy. Again, it's God breathed, in my opinion, in my belief. I believe that this this word of God is directly from him because the cross references are impossible between all the authors any other way. So when you look at these encounters, they're physical and spiritual. So, I mean, we live in that type of dimension where things can pop in and pop out. But I do know they're usually dark. And, uh, and when things walk in the darkness, they have a certain presence that people explain and sort of, you know, again, I, I, I use the worship service in church. When you go to church, you feel that holy peace, or you should, depending on your church, right? But you feel that peace and you feel that presence of God and that, you know, there's something that's happening and you can just sense it if you're in tune. When people get abducted, it's terror, it's scary, it's paralyzing. And yeah, you can say, well, Magic Pen deleted their memory. But as far as what I can tell, when people speak that name, those beings can't handle it. Because the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the name Yeshua, name Yahweh, those are names above all the other names. And that is declared, that is brought, that is written in the code, that is written everywhere. And we know that. I think something that just popped into my mind, it came in and it fled real quick. And I thought this was super interesting. Shoot. I hate when that happens. It was a really valid, solid point. Um, uh, it'll come back to me. It'll, it'll come anyways, back. Yeah. I hate when that happens, but it was going to tie everything together. Shoot. But anyways, yeah, so I think it's super interesting to know that this breakdown isn't by accident. I don't think aliens gave us this breakdown. I don't think aliens in nature just from outer space, uh, you know, oh, here's what it was. So there's a couple stories about people that worked in underground facilities. Have you ever heard of any of this? Yeah. And they had to sign affidavits that they do not speak the name of Jesus, even if they like fall or get hurt. They have to sign this stuff because if they do, there are huge repercussions. And, uh, you know, you can go look these stories up. They flood TikTok. I don't know the names of the people or anything. You'd have to actually go look up these firsthand, you know, testimonies. And it's not just one. There's probably 50 or 60 that I've seen of interviews with this same exact story. They have to sign this before they go into the inner earth bunkers and all this stuff. And they encounter actual giants. So, when you understand that the name of Jesus is really that powerful, that it physically can get you into trouble in these places, then it makes more sense. You know, I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't have that type of relationship with Christ to understand that the power of that name is a frequency based power. As soon as you say it, it's some, I mean, he's like you said earlier, he's all knowing the Holy spirit's around here. He's fully here. So yeah. It's Sorry. as soon as you call up that name. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to jump in because, yeah, yeah, I would also rebut again and just say, like, <clears throat> the name of Jesus would never get you in trouble. Uh, right? but, like, it'll only get you out of trouble. I mean, in, okay. Yeah, unquote. in normal world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what, saying... go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think what Jesse was getting at was as far as uh, 
get them in trouble in the sense of these uh you know giants or i've heard all kinds of stories of different uh creatures that are that are in these uh deep underground military bases and things um that because the name of jesus would repel them it would get them in trouble with their government employers the um, world enforcement yep i'm so curious i've actually never heard this about the affidavits or anything and um jesse if you or if anyone listening can like send in some sort of like proof of that because i'm also just i mean now my mind is going like i have some close friends who are attorneys i'm like how would that even hold up in court like well they signed this affidavit that they wouldn't say jesus name and then they did like like okay and so what so like what what is a judge gonna do you know well it would be there's different court systems well one for like the military and then yeah, there, yeah. there are like top secret courts um, that it's not like the, you know, public know. court system like here. Yeah. Court martialed, like you can't handle the <laughs> yeah, truth. You exactly. know? So it's like, yeah. yeah you can't handle the name of Jesus. Yeah. I just like the story is really fantastical, but I'm just like, really? Like, how is anyone going to like actually like punish you Hold for saying the name of Jesus? Yeah. Let me see here. Let me see if I could just pull it up and I, cause I'm telling you, this story comes up probably every other day on my TikToks and I have done research into this and I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is definitely a thing. Let me see. Nah, it's not pulling it up. I'll on, find it and I'll send it over. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok because I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist. I know Chris That's okay. wants me to get on so we can get those views, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just really curious about this and I really want to phone a lawyer. So <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I don't you think should. That that, I, why not? Like, I don't think that that really is. I mean, like, what what are they going to do? You know, I have no idea, but I do know. You know, it but works. The challenger in me, I'm like, it doesn't hold any water. That's you know? okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I I've I was a I was a government employee right in the military, and so um, I had secret. I didn't have top secret clearance. I had secret clearance, and so when it comes to the military it's a complete different set of rules and circumstances. Like I said, um, they've got their own uh, court systems um, inside the military. Um, so the type of trouble that someone could get in would be, uh, you know, something like if you are a government uh, employee, like a reprimand, get fired, lose your job. But if you were to, if you, in those situations, any of those government contractors or um, military personnel, they would have top secret clearance. And if they divulge that information, um, they would get like jail time, like it, it and, various, it's stuff, right? and it's stuff where um, those proceedings could be sealed. So it's not like it's going to be a public trial, like the Johnny Depp trial where everyone's going to like, it's all going to come out. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all top it's secret quiet. information. So it's going to be, um, you know, some sort of like in that situation would be some sort of like clandestine, you know, court that's operating in, in the dark. You're not going to, you're not going to hear about it or know about it. Why do people so, want to be involved in this? Right. I think, well, I think when it comes to like, top secret stuff like you know we had mr frosty on who was a you know um well is a, a dod contractor and um you know imagine you're you're in your your 20s and someone comes to you to recruit you for this opportunity 
um, to do something that not a lot of people get to do. I think there's a, there's an allure there Mm -hmm. that can draw, you know, people in like, you know, it it sounds fun. They go after the the 20 year olds. Cause now, (laughs) right. It's like knowing what, you know, it's like, why would you ever sign up to. Oh, 100%. If, If even just, just, um, for me, like, there's a part of me that's like proud of my military service was like, Oh, I got to serve my country. But then knowing what I know now, I'm like, and this oh, might God. rub some of you the wrong way. Yeah, I wanted to like but- back it up and apologize and thank you for your service, both of y'all. And like, cause I, I just mean the more, like the more clandestine stuff of like, you have to sign an affidavit that you can't say Jesus name. I'm like, why would someone want to do that? You know? <laughs> not, right. Oh yeah. The, yeah, like, yeah. Not the like protecting your loved ones in our country. And you know, no, no, like, no. I, well, I'm still, what I was... li- I'm still a little bit patriotic, but just, still... <laughs> yeah, no, me too. It, me too. Uh, yeah. Part of me, like, I can't help it because it's the way that we're like, we're grow we grow up, we're, we're programmed to be um, basic basically, but like, this country, like we do a lot of evil stuff. Like we are not, we are not like good. Like people think we grew up thinking like, Oh, America's great. We just do so much great around the world. We do so much terrible stuff in the name of this country. And um, I mean, even. Yeah. Like I saw Oppenheimer. Yeah. Like it's it's all, it's all wild. It's all like terrible. I don't, I don't know if I, if I could go back, if I would do it again. Um, and I was just a jet engine mechanic in the Air Force. Um, but like one thing that I would think about is like, okay, I worked on F-15s and B-52s. So like I was a part of like if if a bomb was dropped on, you know, in a in a jet where I worked on that engine and it was in that jet and they dropped a bomb and that bomb, you know, killed a bunch of people and probably possibly innocent people. I'm like. I didn't drop the bomb, but I, I played a part in, in that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And I'm, and I'm kind of randomly rambling. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say again, like, I do understand like, because we are sold this whole picture of like, it's like the altruism. It's like the keeping your family and like your neighbors safe. It's like keeping our country safe. And then it's this like noble thing, you know, and it's, um, not to say that it entirely isn't. I don't really know, actually. Um, I'm I'm just going to have open hands with this one and say that, like, I no longer have a strong opinion. Like, I am grateful for the people who have sacrificed, you know, but, like, I just, I think generally with, like, the military-industrial complex, it's, like, the same message and, like, the same lie that is what they use to, like, force the vaccine on everybody, you know? And, like, what I'm sure they will do again with the next thing, and it's, like, Basically, you can manipulate people to do anything you want if you say it's in the name of, like, safety, you know, and, like, again, like, Nazi Germany, like, you know, people were were okay letting their neighbors be carted off to camps or, like, just turning a blind eye because they were told that they posed, like, a threat to, to, like, public health or something. So they were like, okay. So as soon as it's, like, well, these people pose a threat to our safety as a nation. It's like, okay, then like, we're going to sign up and we're going to go fight them and bomb them, you know? And like, we're like, this person poses a threat to your health because they didn't get this experimental vaccine. You know, it's like, okay, then like, they're my enemy and they're not allowed in my home. And like, I'm going to look at you differently. And like, I don't know. So I guess now my mind's just turning of like, Ooh, how do we like as Christians? Cause we know like we're supposed to be different. It's like, how do we, I don't know the next time that light comes up you know it's just kind of like 
I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Aliens. Well, can I chime in on all this? I got to say something. Yeah. Bro. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so hard on both ends of this. And I did, before I get into that, I did send over the video, one of the videos that always comes up on my TikTok to you, Chris, so you could send it over the tour, but uh, with the affidavit. But with all this, you know, when you understand that even biblical speaking, if you go through the Old Testament, I mean, Kings, 1st, 2nd Samuel, all of it is riddled with war. There's going to be bloodshed. There's not an option. There will always be powers that be that want to destroy and to take. That's just the way of the world. And I think the beautiful part about this is the understanding that all the world's armies one day will gather at Armageddon and they'll meet their final battle, which is Jesus Christ. And I think the understanding of, yeah, you know, I hate being a part of the military or, you know, not that you did or whatever the case, or you feel responsible for death in those times of war, you know, a lot of people would argue and say, well, the Ten Commandments say thou shalt not murder. When you go to war, it's considered killing, not murdering, right? Whether they're accidental deaths or whatever the case of so the terminology and the understanding of war changes. But at the end, all of that will fade away. None of it will matter anymore. It'll be like you had a sickness last winter and it'll be gone. You know what I mean? And you, oh, I was terrible. But man, I'm with Jesus now. None of this matters. And hopefully the viewers and the listeners will hear that and understand that, man, there is freedom in that. And that's the release. I think a lot of people hold on to that personal responsibility because I have a lot of friends in the military. I have several with PTSD that can't get past it. And uh, they relive a lot of their memories. And some of them were live action combat and stuff. And I, I know exactly what you're saying with the vaccine. But no matter what, the king of this world, the 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 prince of the air, as he's called, will be defeated one day and it will be by our king and we'll ride down with him through the sky to meet that army and we'll defeat them. It'll be over. So there will be a final battle. So battles will always be here. It's a part of our nature. It's part of who we are. So I think it's a beautiful thing to understand, especially for military people who have struggled. It's not your fault you were trapped into that and sold a very glamorous story. I know a few people who dealt with assassins and were trained through whatever the CIA or whoever trains them. I don't know all the lingo because I'm not a veteran. And uh, they talk about that very few people have done this. But a lot of them said, if I would have only known what I was going to do, I would have never done it. But that's the whole thing. It's how the devil works, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Take my hand and I'll lead you. It looks beautiful. He presents as an angel of light and then you're in the thick of it, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just the nature. It's the nature of the beast per se. But yeah, that's all I have to comment on that. <laughs> I just had to get in there. Come on. Of course. So much fun. Of course. But uh, yeah. So back to aliens, um, check out the affidavit and see what that's all about. But I think it's super, super important to understand a lot of this is speculation in years of studying and breaking down different beliefs, different tribes, different sections, being a part of witchcraft. I've seen a lot of this stuff come to pass. I've seen all the theories that I had. My jaw drops when they happen because I still I'm like, am I connected to a higher you know, being, which I am, God? 
but is it really feeding in information to like a 13 year old kid at that time? Like these are early theories in my Christian walk and they just flooded to me. And it was long before, you know, really anybody talked or even thought about this stuff. Cause I always heard Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming. soon. you always hear it. It's very normal to hear in Christian church in America because fear sells. But the understanding of the Jesus I know, I don't have to be afraid of him. I walk with him every day, right? He's in my thought process. The Holy Spirit lives within all of us. So when you encounter these beings and these entities and whatever, aliens, whatever you want to consider them, they hold no candle to the living God. And we see that all throughout scripture. Literally, he casted them in the pigs and the pigs didn't even want them. So they ran off a cliff. I mean, (laughs) come on. This is our God. He is living his life. So nothing holds a candle to the name of Jesus. And uh, I agree with Tori. You know, that name usually doesn't. It got me into trouble a lot (laughs) in school, but it does get you out of your troubles. And I think that's important to understand, uh, you know. But yeah, no qualms, no battle there. I think there's so much other stuff. Do we want to cover a little bit about the lasers? Is that Maui? Is that where that's happening? Why does yes. that not sound right? That is Maui. It, right? it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Jesse, can I actually ask you a quick question before we move on? Yeah. Um, because I think it's relevant to stuff we cover all the time too. But like, how do you think that um, people practicing witchcraft, like how do you think that relates with the whole alien thing that's going on? Because I've heard things about like in Arizona, I think it was Arizona. <clears throat> there were like groups of people who were practicing like, witchcraft are basically like a seance trying to communicate with aliens and stuff like that, you know? And, um, I, I don't know, but can you just tell us a little bit about that? So, yeah. So anytime you're doing seances or you're doing it, there's always sort of a ritual base you got to do. And I think this is super important to understand with aliens. There's an opening that happens, whether it's a door you're opening you know, in a pentagram. And I think I said this at the very beginning. I hope this answers this. Or you're opening up your spirit to say, yeah, I would love for that to happen to me. I would love to have that happen to me. That's kicking open a door. And so really what people miss with witchcraft is even like selling your soul to the devil. If you look how to do that through witchcraft, it's a journey. Every bit of it's a journey. So the way you set up a pentagram or the way you get candles ready or the way you prepare your mind and yourself for these things. It's a journey that gets you there. You know, there's always a destination you got to go to. There's a crossroads. There's the desert. There's this place. There's the ley lines. There's the woods. There's the mountains. There's always a directive place that you got to sort of go when you do witchcraft. So when people come together and they do the seance, they're just sending up an energy. That's all they're doing or sending out or through whatever is happening. We don't know, but they're sending out a frequency base for something that can operate there, whether demons operate at 200 on the Hertz scale or whatever it is, or negative 200. I don't know what they're operating at. I know Jesus would have been considerably at a thousand Hertz because he was a healer. And the son of God. So he's pure light, all that sort of thing. And lights, energy and frequency and sound. Anyway, so the understanding that they're just preparing something for other things that enter and communicate, that would solidify that these are demonic presences. That would solidify it. And I think, you know, witches have always watched the stars, the moon and the sun. 
but the creator, which is Argon, the creator put all those there. But the fallen angels, key point, the fallen angels taught these useless knowledges to men and women. And we know that to be like, you know, stargazing, witchcraft, you know, arts of war, all these things were brought on by the fallen. And that's what we know and believe through Enoch in the earlier canons. So the contact them isn't really that far-fetched. If you read the Keys of Solomon, which I do not recommend to anybody because it's dark witchcraft. If you read those and understanding that you can summon angels or demons, the understanding here is demons are easier to deal with because they understand humanity where angels, which we've discussed before, are very literal beings. If you say one a million dollars, the angel, if you summon, which is believed in this practice to be done, can and will maybe be very literal and say, oh, you got four family members with $250,000 contracts if they die and wipe them out. So angels are very literal beings where demons understand the humanity because they were a part of them. Right. And that's why you see Hollywood and all these places dealing with demons, aliens. Again, this I think aliens are more of a ploy to get people to believe in something other than God. I think it's just a mischievous way to say, yeah, there's a godlike being and all these other religions believed in these godlike beings. That's not God at all. They're just interdimensional beings mistaken as gods. I think it's garbage. I really, really do. And uh, I think they're just pure darkness. I don't think they're anything of the light for the most part. Did that answer your question? I think so. Okay. I, guess I, I, I just wanted to know more kind of like about the connection or like, is there, is it talked about often? Like, I don't really know what witches do, you know, except for like acting right. their own like self-interest is like kind of in my head, you know, like. It depends you know, on. Yeah. I, I mean, you know. For witches in general, I can't speak for any 100% of any people. I can't speak for that for Christians, Muslims, any of them. But witchcraft is very centered based. You know, it's a journey for you. It's a journey what you're in. Yeah, you can get in the covens. You can do these things. You could do them together to be more powerful. You can summon things. You could do all these things. Sometimes it's easier to go in it with other people. And unite. There's power in being united, which we've seen. One percent, less than one percent of our population has the loudest voice right now, which is, you know, the LGBTQ, ABC plus, whatever it is now. There's power when people unite, and the Christians have been so divided, and I think that's why you see a lot of, you know, the morals and everything shifting out, which will happen anyways. But being united in belief and united in one sort of emergence of whatever you're summoning or whatever you're petitioning to will bring a lot of power. There's always power in being united, right? And we know that. And that's a mantra we're all told. United, we stand. Divided, we fall. It goes in the same. So if you're a part of a coven, you don't really talk about it much. It's like, uh, you know, Christian meeting. Anytime I meet up with other people, you just do the stuff, you chit chat a little bit, and then you leave. That's it. And then you believe that it's done. So what you sent out will return unless you're trying to get a direct entity in front of you, which I never personally did. I've only read about and I don't want to. <laughs> so because you don't know what that's doing. Um, you can read a few. Lopez, I think, is one of the names. Uh, he was a high level witch in Santeria. 
uh, I always call it Santeria, maybe called something else, but it's Mexican witchcraft, one of the darkest ones you can get a hold of. And uh, he has a lot of stories about meeting with his daddy, which was the devil. And uh, he was a key leader and all that. But it's very manipulative. I mean, any sort of dark witchcraft is very manipulation based. So when you deal with people, you're trying to pass on a spirit. It's, you know, cursing is very easy. It's You just speak it over somebody. It's not hard to do. I'd say the most cursed item in the world is a crucifix. Don't buy crucifixes. You'll never see a cross in my house. I'll never put one in my house for that reason, that understanding. Um, because a crucifix is a torture device. That's the bizarre part when you look at it. It has no power. The crucifix itself has no power. Um, the God that died and came back to life has the power. So, but for Christianity based, God doesn't need you to create him an atmosphere. Those days are gone. He lives within you. So that's a whole different realm than witchcraft. And that's why it's considered an old world religion, because you have to create something for something to enter into. Same with, uh, you know, a lot of the Ouija boards and stuff, contacting aliens and doing those sort of things. That's you having to create an atmosphere for something to connect to you. Right there tells me it's something dark. Usually any of those religions you have to do that with are dark based. Shamanism, you know, I said sensoria, you blow smoke, you pour out alcohol for a spill offering, all these different things. You're doing it to create an atmosphere. The living God doesn't need you to do that. He can appear everywhere and anywhere. So I think it's, I hope that I touched that and answered that. Man, it's so hard to answer that directly. <laughs> no, I think you did just fine. Yeah. Just no. for more info. Yeah. Okay. Jesse, that was, <laughs> that <good>. was beautiful. <laughs> It was beautiful. That, Thank you. Yeah, no, that, that was very concise. And I think that'd be, I think that, I think that's going to be a great way to, to end the show, man. You, you kind of, you tied a ribbon on, on what we were talking about as far as making those connections between um, alien encounters, the alien deception and, and the demonic and witchcraft and people seeking that out. I think you, you did a great job of kind of, tying that all together my friend i appreciate that thank you very much that's awesome it's good to hear sometimes yeah. it just sounds like <laughs> rambling <laughs> no sorry i'm just getting intense over here and it's just like these topics get me a little wound up you know i'm like what are that's people okay. doing like what are we what's going on in the world right now you know so but i mean it's good to I, listen i am so grateful for this podcast i'm grateful to have this outlet because it's so hard to find anybody that will actually under like take the time to talk back and forth with this. And there's so much information and it all ties together. And I was given a gift to be able to tie a lot of this stuff. And uh, it's not about me at all that, you know, but I was given that gift and that's pointing to the creator of all this. And uh, I, I think, you know, the more people have knowledge and go on your journey and find it, the more you'll see that there is a loving God on the end of this, that he's coming to save and he did come to save and he will end this all. He'll end the suffering and pain one day. And all you got to do is step into that. And for me, that's the beautiful part about following Jesus. It isn't about me, <laughs> right? It's all about him coming to save us all. And I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful message. Yes. And that he will crush all the people out there who are opposing him, who are trying to put curses on people, who are like, 
anyway there's gonna be some crushing happening so there will be and i feel is coming the lion is coming and that's exactly right and he'll come and he'll evaporize you know or vaporize (laughs) all those who are evaporate (laughs) vaporize whatever it is all those people who oppose him in those moments and that's not because he's an unloving god is because he's a just God, he's merciful, and that is love. Whether people want to understand that in this generation or not, mercy mm-hmm. and justice are all the same in God's eyes. Absolutely. Well, Jesse Dowdrick, we appreciate you coming on, brother. Um, if people want to find you, follow you, I know you've got uh, your your program where you do a, a Facebook Live every Sunday called Soulful Sunday. So um, yes, guys, go on Facebook and check out Soulful Sunday if you want to hear from, from Jesse uh, every week. But where else can people find you or follow you? Generally, I'm mostly on Facebook right now, trying to break into the YouTube scene. I mean, my everyday job, I'm a contractor for the love of God. I, I used to be a pastor. I did it for 15 years. I just couldn't do that anymore. So I do a very different way of ministry now. And I just want people to do their own walks with the living creator and not to rely on me or, you know, my organization. So Facebook is generally the place. Soulful Sunday. You could just look it up, um, you know, Soulful Sunday in the workshop. And literally, I'm in my workshop just talking about this sort of thing. And it's the get people's peak in their interest to go study the Bible and to check the scriptures for some of this crazy wild stuff. <laughs> so that's where you can find me mostly. But eventually, I'll get to YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, we love hey, it, bro. Thank you both. All right. So, guys, if you want to stick around, Tori and I are going to kind of just uh, catch up, fill you in on what's been going on in our lives. Uh, Jesse, you feel free to, to hang out if you, if you want for, for this part, if you, if you got a bounce, I know it's, uh, it's kind of late there on the East coast. Yeah. I got to get going, but I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We love you, bro. Hey, love you guys as well. Hey, we'll talk to you all soon. All right, brother. All right. Take care. Bye. So Mark's got a retreat and it's going to be actually in my neck of the woods, uh, here in, in middle Tennessee. October 13th through the 16th, um, we're going to embark on an extraordinary journey into the heart of Tennessee's mysterious mounds and hidden caves. Mark's going to be doing teachings at the the, the Pinson Mounds and the Dunbar Cave. Uh, Tori, you're going to be there for that trip, right? Yes. Yeah, and hopefully we're trying to get Mikey Stibbs, our boy Mikey Stibbs, maybe be there for that as well. I'll be there. Um, it's going to be a really awesome, intimate trip. Um, there's there's only a handful of spots left f- uh, if you want to stay with us at the the lodge that uh, Mark has uh, secured. Uh, but for anybody else who is nearby and you want to just come for the one-day excursion on that Saturday, you can do that as well. So if you go to campermon.com slash giants, uh, you'll, you'll see the booking information for that. Tori, what have you been up to? I just thought it'd be cool to kind of update people. Um, and I say update. I don't know if I ever really talked about too much about like what I'm doing now. Um, but what we do I'm gonna, in real life. <laughs> yeah, what we do, what we do when we're not uh, podcasting. Um, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Ladies first. What do you whatever, whatever you want to share. Um, 
What have you been up to lately? Sure. Um, yeah, you know, life got a little um, crazy this summer, but honestly, like in the best way. So um, <laughs> it's been my dream like forever. I mean, this is what I've always told anyone whenever they ask, you know, what I want to be when I grow up. But specifically, even as an adult, even in college, you know, even post-college, it's like I want to have a bakery and I have this whole vision that I feel like God put in my heart. Like I want to do this but not just to bake stuff, which I love doing, but like, it's really more because like my, my thing that pulls on my heart the most is like, um, people being like alone, like lonely people, you know, um, just kind of one of those, like when I see hitchhikers on the side of the road, like I wish I could pick them up, you know? And I know it's like a five foot three single woman. I'm not really supposed to do that, you know, but it's like, okay, I want to like bring everybody home. I wish I could like adopt all the people who are loners, you know? So it's like, well, okay. So maybe realistically I can't do that in my home, but I could do it in like a brick and mortar bakery and like create that kind of environment. Um, and even kind of like be the church there without calling it a church. Cause I think a lot of the people who need to go get loved on by the church are afraid to because they've been burned before um and so anyway like I want to have a bakery and use those gifts um but really just be more like a church without a steeple and like um work with other people who love people and you know who have like that same shared vision and so anyway um this has been like the dream in my heart forever but I'm like okay well I really don't have the resources to go like buy a bakery or start it up. And as much as I love, um, loving on people and making friends and, um, and baking really yummy things, like I don't really know how to like run a business. Um, and so that has just been my prayer. It's like, okay, I really want to do this, but I don't think I can do it alone. I think I need somebody to like come alongside me who knows how to do that stuff. And so about a year ago, um, this couple that I used to go to church with approached me and I hadn't seen them or talked to them in like six or seven years. So I really like when I say this is a God thing, like it was really pretty random because I didn't even know them that well when we went to church together. Um, but yeah, so Kyle, um, the husband calls me and he's like, hey, are you still baking? I might have the opportunity to buy this organic bakery. If I did, would you want to come run it with me? And I was like, um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> say less. <laughs> So, um, anyway, he was like, okay, well, it's not really a for sure thing yet. I don't have all the details, but stay tuned. So then about six months ago, he calls me again. He's like, okay, it looks like we're going to move forward. Um, I know he's probably going to get the keys in like July. And so I find out, you know, it's like an hour away from where I live. It's like in a little small town. Um, I go visit it. It's precious, you know, and like you guys have heard me on the on previous episodes talking about like, I want to get out of the city. I want to go live in a small town. I want to get away from the craziness. And so anyway, um, yeah. So Kyle and Michelle, um, they are incredible people and they also have this like shared vision, which again is like amazing because how cool and random, except it's not random because I feel like God totally orchestrated this whole thing, but they're also again, like how random is this, but they're also like same page about all of the vax mandate freedom stuff. Um, and obviously like loving the Lord. So anyway, it's just this like really incredible opportunity that God opened the door for. Um, but I was still kind of like, I don't know, kind of scarcity mindset. Like I had this really solid 
nine to five job Monday through Friday. Um, it was a really cushy office job in the city working at like a really bougie bank. And I was like, well, darn, how am I going to, um, pursue my dream and also not leave my cushy job with like a pretty nice paycheck and everything. And I was like, maybe I can do both or maybe I'll try to like, you know, be in two places at once or like I'll work nine to five and then I'll go to the bakery from five to 4 a.m. or something. Um, anyway, so basically I was trying to like still hold on to the other thing and um, yeah, and then there was like this big round of layoffs that came out of nowhere, well, out of nowhere to me um, and I got laid off and anyway, it was like I got this severance package that went through like exactly when the bakery was starting. So, I mean, I don't know, just the whole thing has been like so wow. perfectly orchestrated that it's, yeah. it's like un- undeniable, you know? That's um, super cool. It's, re- it's really cool. I'm, I don't know. I just, I'm like, God hears your prayers and like knows what's in your heart. And like, I don't know, basically there's just no reason if this was all by my effort, like it wasn't and it wouldn't have happened you know so I'm like oh my goodness he's listening to me and yeah it's way too much like just perfectly lining up so um anyway so that being said my dreams are coming true um it's still like it's still hard I mean a little bit it's really fun and exciting so that kind of makes it better but I'm driving a lot right now back and forth and um we're opening officially now on Fridays and Saturdays so Anyway, I drove out there um, and baked like all night. I mean, I left at like three in the morning to drive home because also like when I get in in the zone, I'm like, this is fine. I'm not tired. I don't need to sleep. Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so my life's a little crazy. And then while I'm home in Kansas City, like between bakery days, um, I'm working part time at this infrared sauna studio where they have um, like hot yoga and Pilates classes as well. And I know yoga is a whole thing. We can have a yoga episode. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, we could. We'll tie it into the like new age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that part-time job has been a huge blessing too. Um, I don't know. It's just fun being there and getting to meet people and um, being in that like healthy atmosphere too. So I get to go spend time in a bakery and then come like sweat out any you know excess whatever so <laughs> the excess sugar yes exactly so <laughs> um yeah that's kind of what I've been up to in a nutshell nice. you know and trying to figure out the details like oh hey do I need to move maybe do I I don't know I don't know I'm just yeah continuing are you thinking stay. about moving to that town or closer to it anyway or Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in yeah. a month to month lease in my place and I, I love my place. Um, it's just, I don't, I just don't know how long it's going to like make sense, I guess, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm open. I'm kind of just doing my very best to like stay open and like say yes to things and like yeah. walk through the doors that God's opening and trusting that like he's going to tie up the rest of the loose ends. Cause I'm not really that good at figuring things out if I'm being perfectly honest like I'm really good at making it fun but I'm not that great at like <laughs> straightening out details and stuff so anyway yeah well we'll just see I'm just kind of going like one day at a time and trusting God yeah, and that's cool super thankful for this whole season but anyway, yeah that's awesome right that was a lot what no no that time? was cool yeah um so I've been in a new job since May um I am working for an insurance company doing uh, auto claims 
<laughs> handling nice. total loss claims. Yeah. So nothing, nothing exciting. Um, I talk to customers and I tell them, Hey, your car's been totaled and walk through like the settlement and stuff. And sometimes well, that's what people... Mr. Incredible does. Do you remember that? Mr. Incredible. No. Yeah. Um, it was just on TV. I turn on TV for my dog when I leave because I'm a weirdo. And it, I it used to do that. And uh, yeah. He's oh, like an insurance claims guy. Yeah. 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 So um but i'm i'm actually an insurance claims guy i feel like he was that was his cover job right he's a superhero yeah well it was his real job because he retired oh, okay. from being a superhero oh yeah. okay yeah. oh wow <laughs> anyway you're in good maybe company. when i retire from being a auto claims handler i'll be a, become a superhero but yeah um yeah so it's like you know it's not exciting but uh i i am like my mind is engaged like all day the day goes by so quick but sometimes people call and they're angry and they're yelling and i'm i'm just like trying to to Aww. not like take that on and and figure out how i can help them um but yeah, so before that, I don't know. I'm I've probably talked about it before that. I served warrants and subpoenas. I had a business doing that. Um, but Anaka was not crazy about it was a lot of nights and it could be dangerous from time to time. Like I've been assaulted and people put guns in my face and oh, wow. I've I've got a I've got a I think I, I've probably got one podcast, not our podcast, but maybe like a a cop podcast kind of thing where I could tell I've got probably one good solid hour of, of stories uh, of just crazy stuff that have happened to me over the last uh, the f five years of doing that. It'd be about like one crazy incident a year, but the last year there was like multiple, multiple uh, incidents that happened. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, Naka's like, yeah, I don't really want to be like worried about your safety at night, you know, cause I worked a lot of nights. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. We'll find something else. And so, yeah, we found, uh, we found working in the insurance industry. Um, and that same month we had our traditional African wedding in May that I know I've talked about. And that was wild. Um, in mostly not great ways, but the pictures turned out amazing but it was a uh, it was not a super great experience. Um, what? Wait, I did not know that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like I'll just say this. I'll say this, and this will kind of like explain the whole situation. Like when it comes to like just the issues with that wedding, like it was like all about like her family. So like they're telling us like. And we had these outfit changes like we didn't really get to enjoy the the ceremony or not the ceremony, but like, yeah, uh, we were spending all this time like doing outfit changes and this and that. And um, so that was kind of a bummer. That was a little a little different. And then this will kind of cap it off. And I'm probably oversharing. Uh, so you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna share this. <laughs> it was just wild. Like it wasn't an enjoyable experience, particularly like for her. Um, and so she, but she wanted to like appease her family and do the traditional African wedding. Um, but she's always as a girl because like she was born in in Cameroon in Africa, but she was basically raised here because she moved here when she was like two and a half. And so she always dreamed of like a traditional American wedding, you know, with the white dress and all that kind of stuff. 
And so that's why we're still going to have that one. It'll essentially be like a vow renewal. Um, yeah. But uh, we were just talking about it today and we're looking at um, doing it at like a resort in in Mexico. Uh, we were going to try to do it in like Orlando, maybe like do it like on Disney property. And I know some people probably have some, you know, <laughs> some, <laughs> some things to think about that. I, lo- I like Disney. Uh, I know there's some craziness with it, but like, it's just a fun place to go and like ride rides and have fun and do stuff. But that's crazy expensive. So we're like, all right, we can't do that. And then we're like, well, maybe we can do Orlando and then maybe go to like, go to Disney, like one or two of the days that weekend or whatever with people. And after looking at all the figures and everything, going and doing a destination wedding in Mexico still is like cheaper. Mm. Um when you kind of factor in all the costs and everything, cause it's like all inclusive resort. It's like aside from your, your track, your flight there, you pay one price and you get everything, food, yeah. drinks, like, you know? Um, so we're, we're looking at uh, November of next year. So over, over a year from now. So people will have plenty of time um, to, to kind of plan and save for that. Awesome. Um, should Members the Lord tarry? booking. <laughs> Say that again. Oh yeah, Camp Hermon. Yeah, yeah. Members can sign up yeah, first. Camp Hermon members. Well, I'll, we will enter you in a raffle for an invite. That's <laughs> that actually not a hilarious. That's actually, actually not a bad idea, guys and gals. No, not if like, y'all are to still be, listening like, in your wedding party. Well, to be in the wedding party. Yeah. That's a great idea. Okay, so here's the thing with that is. A, I don't know if I could get a knockout on board for that. Um, but I would be down again, she'd have to okay this, but like it would be super interesting if we did a raffle for <laughs> for members if if the if they wanted to be entered in a raffle to get an invite to the wedding. Cause it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty small. Um I think, I don't know, maybe 50 to 70 people or something. Um, not that I, I don't know if I have a ton of family that will, that will like be able to go. Um, but yeah, no, that would be hilarious if we did a raffle. For an invite. Officiates. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think even with that, it's a resort. You have to use their, their, uh, their person but oh okay yeah but why not a raffle to to get an invite if you wanted to obviously because some people are listening they're like yeah i don't want to come to your wedding in mexico (laughs) Um, but but you got to come to this one tori yeah for sure um yeah you'll have plenty of time plenty of time to get my passport renewed yes i'm gonna do every week and i have the application sitting here actually but okay okay cool so how about this guys if you want to come to my wedding in uh november of next year in mexico uh shoot shoot me an email through campermon.com <clears throat> and uh you know maybe you'll make the guest list because i don't know how much how many how many of my family members will be able to come uh so if you guys want to i don't know yeah if you're interested again i'm speaking for anaka she might be like heck no what are you talking about <laughs> although although i can say there are Camp Herman members that are personal friends now. Um, you know, we've developed a solid relationship over the last year. Home. We you have met in my home. We ate Some pancakes. of us 
in your pancakes home. in my living room. That is true. That is true. Um, so yeah, okay, all right. Listen, if you had pancakes in my living room, <laughs> I probably invited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my wheels are just like really turning now because i'm like what else can we raffle like raffle for like like pancakes in chris's living room Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the after party we're gonna have a surprise actually you guys chris don't listen okay if you guys are still listening to this shoot me an email and we're gonna plan a surprise after party for chris when he gets home <laughs> for those no, of us you, who you... aren't allowed to travel via plane into their countries at that point <laughs> oh you know what oh that's a good point a year from now with all the covid stuff coming back yeah, i don't no, know we're I'm sure you know we're planning fine. for it we'll see I'm what sure happens totally fine everything's fine <laughs> we might lose our deposit but if we lose our lose our deposit it means like we got you way more things to worry about than... a deposit in heaven yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Something. It's all inclusive there every day. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um I hope. No additional fees. Cool. But know. yeah, that's that's uh that's kind of what's been going on with me. Just yeah, nothing. <clears throat> well, I was gonna say nothing exciting. The wedding stuff is exciting. Um, but uh yeah, just you know, yeah. you know living I've life. That, I've heard that from almost everybody I know who has had a wedding, is that like they are so busy at the reception, like saying hi to people and doing all the things you have to do that like they didn't even have time to enjoy it or like, oh, I barely had time to even like eat any of the food we picked out or like taste my own wedding cake, you know? So future husband, if you're listening, I'm like, let's just, I'm not saying elope, but I'm saying like small and fun because I'm not, I don't want to do that whole thing, you know? Yeah, I want the costume changes. I want to have fun and have a dance party. And nice. Also, there better be some tears on your end. So, just saying, if you're listening, (laughs) because because come on, come on. Oh, maybe maybe we maybe we can raffle off a like a a date with Tori. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I think the pancake idea is a better idea. The pancake but... idea. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably more appropriate. Yeah. Raffle off. Um, I don't know. I'll be thinking about this. I do yeah. love a good raffle. Raffles are fun. Oh, yeah. We've been going for like another 20 something minutes. Um, wow. If you are still listening, kudos to you. The after show. Um, after party. Yeah. You get a second raffle ticket for, <laughs> for Chris. <laughs> Prize TBD. <laughs> all right tori uh camp on my friend camp on chris until next time hey they came down to top vanity brought the proliferation of humanity hey fallen sons of the most high god took advantage of the planet he made forming a holy alliance of evil and look at the daughters of adam and bane that the flood rain came to restore his creational order to how he arranged Put the disembodied spirits of the giants still want a war, still want to kill in the court. To see the blood of the innocent spill on the floor. That's the demoniac and the kind of gets you a combined. The healer restores image bearers in the second chance when he coming back because he bringing a sword. This ain't a planned sermon, it's a welcome to Camp Herman. Yeah, welcome to Camp Herman. This ain't a planned sermon, it's a welcome to Camp Herman. Yeah, welcome to Camp Herman.